All right. So, all right. So, so, all right. So, all right. Listen. All right. All right. So. I will kill you all. Just begging for death at this point. (laughs) Previously on Bad Heroes. You four followed the winding staircase down into a hall that opened up into a storeroom. And in that storeroom was a torch and a human woman folding clothes. And you realized that this woman is actually a vampire. Gideon is going to see the vampire and immediately emit the ear-piercing scream. I'm going to cast ghost sound, like a very loud (laughs) sound. Got it? (laughs) We're doing a lot of sound effect attacks. (laughs) Just sort of beatbox this vampire to the ground. (laughs) Then I catch the rope as much as I can in one round, try to start hog tying her. She grabs you by the throat. You can see her eyes and they look empty. And she sucks the air from around your face while her hand is wrapped around your throat. And you feel like your life force leaving you. I'm just gonna chuck the spear and then hopefully the person who brought decapitation pulls decapitation out of their bag. Oh, great. Would be great. have 202 hours of recording time so let's make sure it's short <laughs> let's make it hasty yeah so the vampire is looking worse for wear she is crouching and withdrawn back and snarling fairly and nix and iria are holding up large shards of the mirror gideon is using mage hand to float a shard of the mirror so that she can slowly <laughs> skirt the edge of the room <laughs> heading for the exit Tonrir is summoning spears in his hand every round, and Wingatha has taken some serious damage and has been swinging and missing. Iria, it is your turn. I want to point out, while we're in a lull, uh, two things real quick. I, I used to be in the, the, like a medieval reenactment thing, and it was a bardic house, and uh, during certain songs, there was like a sword rasping effect. They would give that job to me because I wasn't very musical. But I'd have like a sharpener, and like on rhythm, I would like sharpen the sword. So, in that sense, a sword was a musical instrument. Uh, Number two being, Wingeth is also just wearing two swords on her hips. Oh, so you could... Available for anyone. steal one. And there's a spear on the ground. With Wingetha, basically, she's just pooping blades. (laughs) Just a walking armory. Yes. uh, You want to get that checked out. (laughs) No amount of fiber in the world would accept you there. Okay, so I'm using one hand with the mirror, and I'm right next to Nyx, and the vampire is five feet away. Mm-hmm. And where is Wingatha? I would say Nyx is to your right, and Wingatha is to your left. And they're both, like, in reach of you. So I could, with whatever hand doesn't have the mirror, grab for one of her swords? Yeah, definitely. Okay, so Iria grabs for Wingatha's sword, and... Quick roll. Uh, okay, you got the regular one, not the fire one. Okay. <laughs> It'll do the job. Thank God, because cause last time it hurt you. Burned you. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. I'm glad I didn't get it this time. So you grab the normal sword. 
Thank God. And go for the decapitation. Okay. Uh, do I roll for that? Probably, huh? That's how that you works. You sure do. <laughs> Jaco, what's the uh, what's the attack bonus on that sword? <laughs> no attack bonus, but it crits on 19 and 20. Cool, cool, cool. Your roll did eight, and then plus three and plus two for base attack bonus, so 13. Okay, not quite enough to hit. So I think that that, that swing misses, and then... It's Nyx's turn. Wing of that, is the sword you're wielding two-handed? Yes. Okay. Nyx is going to... Okay, he is going to, still holding the mirror, back up, sort of towards the wall that Gideon was skirting, and kick over the table. And paper on the table scatters on the floor. Um, There's like a bowl of what you can now see that was jewelry scatters all over the floor, um, and the bowl shatters. And he kicks over the table and starts kicking at the leg of the table and says, uh, make a steak. Use the leg of the table and make a steak. I swear if somebody makes a food joke. (laughs) Just beat me to And the spawn is going to try to overcome its fear of the mirror. Okay, so the spawn can't overcome its fear of the mirror. So it sort of like lunges forward, hand outstretched towards you, Iria, and then recoils at the mirror. And Wingatha, it is your turn. All right, swinging for the neck. 12. So miss again, I think. Yup. Is there any kind of like... Focus buff or something that we can cast on Wing of What did you cast? You cast Mage Armor, and that gives a buff on AC, right? Yeah. Defense. Yeah. I'm I'm asking if the actual bard has anything. Oh, what? (laughs) (laughs) So I've been actually saving my inspiration because I think that's just the one from from the day, right? Like, I just get one. It is. So I was kind of saving it because it seems like we've already beat this thing up a bit. But if I knew I had more inspiration kind of possible. From... I mean, inspiration isn't really a thing in Pathfinder. I just do it because I, I personally enjoy it. Got it. Yeah. No, that's okay. It's possible if you do something that amazes the GM. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I probably will give you more. It's just uh, usually going to be like if you do a particular move that I think is super clever and I really want it to work for you, I'll have you roll twice. Yeah, oh, I, I was kind of hint-hinting at the bard. I didn't know if there was something the bard could do that might ah, inspire. Uh, yeah. Still with my turn, because I think this was also a free action last time I did it. I'm just, from the pure rage of my soul, I'm going to scream at the vampire's face and attempt to intimidate. Fuck yeah. I think that's actually supposed to be like a standard action, but I, I like it, so just do it. Okay. I'm just in the course of swinging. I, I'm just imagining she's just... Yeah, it make, that, that makes sense to me. I like it. F and pissed, so... 12 plus a 9 for 21. Or 8 for 20. Okay. That's pretty good. So you swing with your big sword, and then you scream in this vampire's face. And I think between that and the mirror, it actually starts like crawling backwards. Cool. And Gideon, it is you. Okay, so last you left me, I was kind of walking past the table a little bit. Yeah, so Nyx is actually closest to you right now, and he's kicked the table over and is trying to use his feet to break off one of the legs and saying, like, make a steak. I don't have any strength, but sure. (laughs) So he has not kicked off a leg of the table. No. Like, I could try to help with that. Yeah. I also don't have any sharp objects, so yeah, I'll just... Oh, wait. 
Mm-hmm. I got it. <laughs> okay. Okay, so the spawn is pretty uh, well distracted by the rest of them, right? Mm-hmm. The rest of these... Hooligans. Hooligans is a good word for it. Okay. Burglars. So Gideon's going to take a look at the mirror shard and then look up to see the spawn is distracted and then look back at the mirror shard and then drop her concentration on that and then grow her claws. Mm. What? And no one's seen this happen before, right? Nope. <laughs> That's going to be a surprise. <laughs> Damn, okay. Yeah, so she is going to grow out her claws um, and then swipe at the leg of the table to try and take it off in like a sharpened steak manner. Okay. Do you have like a natural attack with your claws that you can roll? Grow the claws as a free action. They're treated as natural weapons. You make two claw attacks as a full attack using your full base attack bonus. Each of these attacks deals 1d4 damage plus strength. Yeah, I don't know how much uh, AC the table has, but... <laughs> <laughs> just, just roll that shit. We'll see how it shakes out. 18. I'm going to say that's totally okay for an inanimate, uh, wobbly old <laughs> <For> table. <laughs> Great. So yeah, so she she grows claws on both hands, and they're like pretty long claws because I'm imagining from a dragon they would kind of come out like. <clears throat> Did oh, I have a question? Mm-hmm. Did you say dragon? <laughs> I'm a I'm <laughs> at some point in my family's history a dragon interbred with my bloodline, so that's why I'm able to grow, grow claws. And you got the claws. <clears throat> Right, anyway, uh, <laughs> go ahead and cut that table. <laughs> no, I don't, I'm not going to apply that. I don't like above the table knowledge, but okay. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. I mean, that was something that was in my character stuff. If you were just paying attention, you would have <laughs> But nobody, nobody knows that. This is no. the first that they're seeing of this. Oh. To everyone else's knowledge before this, you're just like a hoity-toity rich person who doesn't get your hands dirty. And you just sprouted literal claws <laughs> and just like basically scratched like a plank of wood into a neat little steak. <laughs> roll a d20. Just like give me a swag roll. <laughs> a swag roll. Uh, it's 14. Okay. Add your dex to that. Dex is four. So that's 18. Okay, great. So you slice it with your hands and I think then you kick it up right into your hand. <laughs> Catch it. <laughs> All right. What on earth? And now, <laughs> was that Tonrir talking? <laughs> no, because I don't think that he's seeing that at the moment. If I'm thinking of the room properly. So it was only Nick seeing this? Yeah, Nick's is in front of you and he's just like, what? <laughs> and Tonrir, you're up. And this room is lit. There's a torch on the wall. I think you guys have, I mean, you're probably distracted by different things, but you have, you all have good line of sight to each other. Okay. There's not really anything obscuring. It's not dark. There's a torch on the wall you guys can see. I suppose hearing a table chip or chop, <laughs> I would probably look over and be like, oh, that's a thing. That's cool. Um, I think my time is running out on this because it's like three minutes that I have with these. Well, each round is only six seconds. So, I mean, you can. Oh, well, I got. Yeah, you got. I got spears for days. Thorn spears for days. <laughs> I'm like having some luck with these. So I'm just going to roll uh, to throw another one at this vampire because F its face. 
<laughs> I like your attitude. <laughs> a lot of people do. Uh, let's see what the roll is. Uh, 17. Yeah, that'll that'll do. Okay, D4 damage. Four damage. Oh my god, okay. And where does this hit, would you say? I was just targeting center mass. Okay. What is it again? It's a thorny javelin. Thorn javelin, yeah. Okay, so this thorny javelin stabs once again into the chest cavity of this creature who is like withdrawing and hissing. She just looks, she just looks terrible. I mean, she looks like she is just hanging on to consciousness. And Iria, it is your turn. Hmm, okay. Iria kind of looks down at her paws and is like, man, definitely can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) And I still have the sword in Mm -hmm. my hand in the mirror. And then Nyx is next. Yep, it'll be you and then Nyx. Gideon did create that stake, right? She did, yes. I'm just holding it. Okay. I'd love to give it to you, but it's not my turn. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> you can come take it. <laughs> I mean, if you if you want to say, like, I asked Gideon to throw it to me, and you say, I th- that's fine. That's a, that's a thing that can reasonably kind of happen between rounds, so. Okay, then I yell for Gideon to throw the stake. So she throws the stake, and I drop. Hey, whoa, whoa, hey, oh. whoa! I didn't do anything. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, how dare you dictate what I do? <laughs> so what do you do? Maybe Iria should ask in her character voice. Well, uh, the character voice thing is spreading. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Gideon, throw me that stake. Mm, all right. <laughs> she tosses it over. <laughs> I like to think she flicks it like a toothpick between the claws. <laughs> hey, hey, Gids, how long you got claws? I can use my claws for a number of rounds per day equal to three plus my charisma modifier, which is a four. So seven rounds. They do not need to be consecutive. So I guess after I flick them over, they can just retract. Fucking so good. All right, Iria, have a steak. As if they were never there. <laughs> Yikes. So Iria drops the sword and catches the stake and then throws it to the, is it a spawn thrall? Yes, yes. That thing's heart. All right. 18, 21. Oh, yeah, that'll do. So you throw it? Am I five feet in front of? Yeah, you're in stabbing distance if that suits you. Okay, yeah, so I, I stab it in there. Okay, so Iria lunges forward and forces that stake into the vampire's heart. And it lets out this terrible high-pitched cry and falls backwards perfectly still onto the floor. Yay. Can we leave now? (laughs) Not without some questions being answered first. I mean, who's going to answer them now? (laughs) With Nyx's turn. Nyx, well, we'll be out of initiative. Everyone's free now. Oh, I'm going to run up and just hack its head off with my sword. (laughs) (laughs) Do, do, roll d20 and add your dexterity to it. Uh, Is this including my soul sucking modifier? Your penalty, yes. Fuck! One! (laughs) (laughs) And I rolled a three and I got a minus one dex and a minus other one for the thing. Yeah. Okay, so I think you start running over with the sword and Nyx like sort of runs up between you and holds out a hand. And says, um, now, one minute. You said decapitation. 
Yes, decapitation will kill it. You are correct. But let me explain. This, this creature, this woman, she is mindless and she did not choose this. She is under the thrall of Lord Oberon. Now, I think it is worth a conversation whether we are killing every human being that has been turned by Lord Oberon or if we should simply leave them at rest until we have dealt with him. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> but if we leave her incapacitated with a stake through her heart and then we do whatever to cure all the humans, she comes back as a human with a stake through her heart. <laughs> cure, there, there is no cure. Then what's the point? Why not just hack it off? I think he turns and looks at you and when he does, he pulls back his lips and shows you fangs. I'll grow my claws again. Try and intimidate me. Okay, Iria <laughs> kind of like steps in here and is like, well, hold on. All right, we're having a conversation about this. I mean, is leaving her alive or incapacitated in any way going to help her? I mean, is she suffering now as a thrall? He says, um, I, I can't know what it is to be a thrall because... I was born this way, not turned. And I'm not saying that leaving her is the right call. There is no such thing as a cure for this affliction. You are dead or you are alive. There is no in-between. I am simply saying it's worth thinking about that right now she is not a free individual. Right now she cannot make decisions. She cannot think. She is not herself. So we can kill her knowing that she was once alive and did not choose this. Or... We can leave a stake in her heart and deal with her once Lord Oberon is killed and her mind comes back to her. I am not saying there is a right answer. This is something I deal with all the time. But right now we are in a rare moment where we have the option. Would she remember any of this after the thrall is gone? I believe so. That's a concern. Wingeth is just staring at him with, like, clenched jaw, gritted teeth, like, sword shaking up in the air. And then finally, like, lowers the sword kind of in a huff and kicks the vampire really hard. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, turns away. Turn, like, turn, like, kind of stalks away. Mm -hmm. And he, his his hands, like, his hands are still shackled. Um, And I think he says, I understand you have the upper hand. And I would not presume to tell you what to do, but I understand the moral weight of taking a life. And I want you to understand everything about the situation before you make that choice. This will not be the only spawn here. This will not be the only time we have to make this choice. Winger the turns around and says, taken plenty of lives, cat. Somebody hurts me, I hurt him back. I think his, his tail just flicks and he just sort of steps back into the shadows to let you guys, you know, make your call. Hmm. So finally, Tonrir is going to firstly sling his bow over his shoulder, uh, the one that the owl is not on, and he's going to start walking around to pick up the arrow mist across the room, make sure that it's okay, put it back uh, in its quiver. And he's going to look at the group and say, I abhor things that are not natural. This is certainly not. However, 
we might also be able to get additional information about what we're dealing with should we succeed. And at that point... He just said it was mindless. When we succeed in killing Lord Oberon, the curse will be lifted, albeit she will still be forever altered. She will regain her will according to him, and we will have the ability to converse with her. We might be able to get information, but I also believe that this is disgusting. So I see the pros of both. I think when you call her disgusting, Nyx looks down a little bit and sort of draws back. Mm. How do we even know the cat is telling the truth? We don't. Look, guys, he's he's the only thing we have right now to go on, and I feel like we've been we've been geared in the right direction so far. And like he's telling us not to kill someone, and I don't think it's like in his interest at all. He holds up a hand and says, um, "I am not telling you not to kill. I am just I just want you to kill with all the information. That's all, <laughs> or or not, whatever." <laughs> <laughs> if we don't. Cat, how long before it rises again? She will remain inadamant until the stake is removed from her heart. Which anyone else here could happily come along and do very quickly. Absolutely. All right, we'll get the kind of looks around Gage and the others in the room, still holding their sword. Uh, I vote for leaving, leaving her as she is, because I think there's some information there to be gained. If I were in her place, I would not want to wake to see the horror that I'd become and remember everything that it had done unwillingly with my own hands. I vote for her death. Same. If it was me, I'd want the sword. Yeah, so let's just chop it and go. <laughs> <laughs> well, so are, is this how we're going to do it all the way there? Like we're just going to leave a trail of dead vampires? We can burn the corpse. Well, we either leave a dead vampire or we leave an incapacitated vampire that someone else can raise up. Good point. If you want to kill her, then what you have to do is decapitate her and put holy water on her head. I believe my things are somewhere in this room. Perhaps in that chest. I will have holy water enough for her and many more. And uh, his, with his like manacled hands, he kind of gestures to a chest in the corner of the room. I'll walk over to it. Okay. And uh, uh, let me see if I have trap detection. While he's doing that, uh, Wingy has kind of calmed down now and has kind of lowered the sword to her waist. She's still holding it, but she's going to look at Nyx and say, do you know why we're here? I think he observes you for a minute and says, um, and then looks at Uria and says, um, she said you were here hunting vampires, though looking at how you are supplied... I now question that story. Wait, so you don't believe me? You don't have anything to hunt vampires. You are not vampire hunters. Well, we're not hunting to kill. We just got put into this and we have no idea what we're doing. Truth be told. So you are here to capture a vampire? Yes. But not a spawn? No. So I think he's he's talking to you guys. And uh, Coolness, did you figure out if you have, like, detect trap? The only thing I'd be able to go off of is perception. Okay, you can you can roll that if you want. 
Okay. Uh, 16 plus 5, uh, so 21. Okay, great. So you can tell that it's not trapped. Um, and also, like, it is locked, but it's also kind of fragile. So it looks like if you just kick it, you can kick it open. <laughs> Are your contents durable enough that I wouldn't smash them if I decided to open this lock? They are packed carefully. It should be fine. Very well. I smash it open. Okay. Um, and while you're doing that, he's still talking to Iria. The Iria says, uh, really, I'm just here for the acoustics of this amazing underground kingdom. <laughs> <God>. Primary. <laughs> Secondary, I guess we're here for a queen who wants her chemist to get Vampire, I honestly, I don't know. Does anyone else have any better idea of what we're doing here? Wing it that cuts in just says, we were hired by the Queen of Vire to capture Maroi without much more information to go on. Do you think we have any chance of doing that? Nick says, um, ah, that makes more sense. Queen Sephira is prone to less savory pursuits. And he leans down and scoops a bunch of stuff out of the chest with his still cuffed together hands and starts rummaging around in a bag that's been placed in that chest. And he pulls out a lockpick and starts working on his manacles and then says, uh, so if you need a true Maroi, not a spawn, not a thrall, I believe the only one in this castle is Lord Oberon. That puts us in a tricky position because as I have told you, my goal is to kill Lord Oberon. Now, when he is killed, all of his spawn will become true vampires. Iria bends down and kind of takes the lockpicking stuff from Nyx and starts working on it so he can focus on what he's saying. He smiles at you. He also toes out some holy water and kicks it towards Wingatha. It's like a little round vial and says, um, so that will lead to a discussion between you and I about which vampire you are taking back with you. Does he need to be killed, or does he need to be removed from the societal whims of this planet? From this planet? (laughs) I was improvising some words there. They didn't quite roll out, and it was, you know... I was like, oh my god, druids are so powerful. (laughs) I'm just going to yeet you onto a different plane of existence real quick. This is Dre Silvertooth, your friendly neighborhood GM, and I am here with a very short mid-episode break because it is 11 p.m. on the day this episode comes out and there is no time for pleasantries. I have one hour. I feel like I am in a suspense movie right now and the clock is ticking. (laughs) Uh, One quick content note. I hope Nyx's voice isn't drifting accent word. Uh, I'm just trying to be a big tiger but it's surprisingly hard to sound like a big tiger because they don't typically talk. You can find us at Bad Heroes Cast on Twitter or email us at badheroescast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And the other thing that we would really love if you've got the time is a review. Uh, believe it or not, it really helps us out. Even if you were to just type, these fools made me laugh. We are fools and we do want to make you laugh. 
Music this week includes Solve the Damn Mystery by Jesse Spillane and Some Amount of Evil by Kevin MacLeod. The next episode comes out on November 20th, and I will see you then. says, um, there are only two ways to free the spawn of a vampire. Either he must willfully let them go himself, or he must be killed. It takes intense concentration for him to hold so many souls enslaved. It is possible by damaging his concentration or by convincing him through alternative means, he may release them. Once released, they cannot be placed back under his control. I'm hold on. I need to roll real quick. Ooh, okay. I'm I'm gonna take a shot in the dark, not literally, but just with a question. Okay, mm-hmm. he's gonna turn to him and ask. There's someone close to you that was turned by him, wasn't there? <laughs> Nick sighs and says, "Oh, <laughs> no! It's even worse than that, if you can believe it." Much, much worse than that. But we don't have time to talk about that right now. There is a woman here who needs dealing with. Are we going to kill her or not? Guess I look toward Gideon to see what's going on with the water. I don't have the water. Wingatha. Oh, toward Wingatha, okay. He looks and sees that Gideon does not have the water and then looks towards Wingatha (laughs) to see what's going on with the water. You would have have just seen Gideon journaling. (laughs) Surprise. <laughs> it's still sitting there. Wingeth is just focused on the conversation. You were the one that cautioned us to wait. I wanted you to wait until you had all the information, and now you do. You have voted together to finish her. If you are afraid, I can do it for you. Definitely not afraid, Cat. What happens <laughs> when she's free? When she is free, it will depend on the type of person she is. Freeing thralls is a very dangerous business. I told you it was worse. Lord Oberon was turned by a very old, very infamous vampire named Ronak the Vicious. I slayed Ronak a century ago, but in doing so, I freed his thralls, including Lord Oberon. Not everyone freed becomes a good person. They are an extension of who they were in life. If they are selfish, they will be selfish in death. If they are cruel, they will be cruel in death. And no matter who they are, they will be... They will be a little thirsty and a little monstrous. Hmm. I see. So who she will be depends entirely on who she was. So it's kind of like a roll of the dice. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> okay, so I think the other clarity we need to drive is that you were probably asking about what happens when we pour the holy water versus what happens when somebody's freed. Is that what I'm guessing? No, I wanted to know the consequences of freeing them. If they would automatically be just like demonic monsters or if they're still people, which, is, which was answered.
Yeah. So if they're freed from the thrall, are they now Marori vampires? Ooh. Ooh. Well, and <laughs> that's the other thing is we don't know what we're freeing, which is probably why Nyx doesn't want anything killed or does want things killed. He wants Lord Oberon killed. He wants to kill him, which would set things potentially upon the world. But at the same time, he could also just set things free upon the world if he knows he's no longer going to be in control of himself. Well, you know what we could do if we aren't going to... I think I like where you're going with this. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe what we can do, if we're not sure what's going to happen after they're freed, and we're not sure we want to fully decapitate and holy water douse them, we can tie them up so that they aren't set loose necessarily, and we are able to come back and assess the damage and or undamaged. Or... Wingitha says, we can use your bonds you're unlocking here, lock her up, and then we get both the things we want. If after we kill Oberon, she becomes a full vampire. Is that a Moroi? I'm not clear on that. Yes, a Moroi is just a fancy term for this type of vampire when they are free. Okay. When they are a full, fully functional creature. Well, then we both get what we want, right? You are suggesting that we kill Lord Oberon and then you take her. Yeah. Or, you know, anyone that we come across and have to stake again. Nyx looks at you, Wingatha, for a long moment, and then he holds out his paw to you to shake on it. All right, I'll shake his hand. And then I will reclip my greatsword to my back and pick up my fuzzy slipper off the floor and put it in my belt. I think that Iria finishes doing the lock pick and the manacles drop from his hands and he rubs his wrists because they've been on there for quite some time. And then he shakes Wingatha's hand and lifts the manacles off the floor and hands them to her. Oh, and Wingatha, after putting the slipper back in her belt, taking the manacles, will suddenly kind of remember herself and look around the room at everybody else. She's been captain in the past and sometimes forgets uh, that she's not anymore and assumes she's in control of the situation. So we kind of look around to the companions. Are we all in agreement on this? Area nods. I nod. Gideon was scribbling in her journal, and then <laughs> I think I think Wingatha just sees Gideon. Yeah, I think Wingatha just sees what Gideon is doing and just rolls her eyes. And <laughs> Gideon's writing in her journal. <laughs> okay. Um, I think uh, I think Nick says um, we are in agreement. We kill Lord Oberon, and then you take one. You will be responsible for her, but I trust that you are capable. And uh, I think if you want, he can help you guys get the manacles on her. She's totally immobile now. And then maybe sort of looks around the room like, you know, where, where do you want to stash her? <laughs> yeah, and we will kind of ask for tips because she's real, not real sure how strong this thing will be when it wakes up. Oh, I guess, I guess well, as long as the stake is in it, well, it's not going to wake up anyway. Right? Yeah, as long as the stake's in it, it's incapacitated. Right. Couldn't we put her back up in the room that Nyx was in? Well, you did have some sunlight coming in there, I think. And there's sand still. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. There's a dresser. Oh, yeah. Wingy was going to suggest, look around the room to see if there's any containers large enough to hold her so that any other vampires happening by wouldn't notice her and then, you know, just pluck the stake out merrily. <laughs> okay. And marry her. <laughs> I said merrily. I said just. Oh. <laughs> pluck it out and then be like, you're my wife now. <laughs> That's how that works, right? That's how vampires work, isn't it? Marriage. Love. True love. 
Okay, so I think that you guys open up the dresser and wedge her in there. <laughs> Best we can. Along with the moldy old cloaks and uh, knit socks, I think. <laughs> in the vampire dresser. <laughs> There's some, uh, some like plain black cloaks hanging up in there. You know, nothing nice. This was like a storeroom. And by like what's in here, you're kind of getting the impression that this was just general supplies. Nothing fancy. This isn't like where anyone fancy lived. There are two potions in the bottom, like rolling around in the dresser. And uh, they're kind of like a marbled blue and green. Better grab them and then we can see about identifying them with uh, Claw Wizard over here. <laughs> Sorcerer. Seeing the potions, uh, Jogs Wing at this memory and looks around and said, who, who has that fake undead potion that, that Vesper gave us? Ooh, fake undead one? I was just listening to episode four. <laughs> <laughs> the um, appear undead is not a potion, it's a scroll. And Eria has it. Oh, okay. It's that scroll that has the uh, picture of the the moth that looks like a skull. I have it. <laughs> it's now in my inventory. Somebody picks up them potions. Yeah, we have to go about identifying them, I suppose. I think you can actually do that. Yeah, you're the one who did it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go over and grab them, so I will work on identifying them. Okay, you can tell that they are potions of lesser restoration, mm. which cures basically cures ability point damage. It helps cure... Kind of like weakness, similar to what Wingeth is experiencing. Though I don't think they're strong enough to help with what she specifically is experiencing. But they cure like one type of ability damage, like constitution damage, for example. That draws up the question, does anybody know what Wingeth is actually afflicted with? I can, I think, what can I do? Detect magic wouldn't really work with that, would it? <laughs> Detect disease. <laughs> I mean, you guys saw what happened to Wingetha. Did it have a physical, you know, did I wither a little bit or did I kind of like shrink a little bit? Or, or You you just look, I mean, you just look weaker. You look paler. You feel shaky. Like I haven't slept in a few days. Yeah. I mean, you just look, you just look really worn out. Gee, thanks. Okay. All right. So you guys wedge that vampire up in that dresser and close it, I assume. Mm-hmm. And there's some other stuff you guys can see around the room now that you're not sort of distracted by fighting. There are four sort of strange looking pieces of paper on the floor that look like they have blood on them and like intricate calligraphy. Between the dresser and the table, there's actually something kind of horrifying. Now that you're looking, what just looked like kind of like a dark corner, you can now see that there are more than a hundred shirts folded in this room. They're all different shapes and sizes and a lot of them are stained with blood. There is just an insane number of shoes piled in the corner and there's pants in a big, neatly folded stack. And there is a bowl of trinkets and jewelry that was scattered off the table during the fight, and it's spread out across the flagstone floor. Okay. But no bones anywhere? Weren't there some keys, too? There were some keys, yeah. Yeah, there are keys on the wall. I think Wing, if the, after seeing all the other stuff, is kind of looking around for any human remains. You don't see any in here. Hmm. Okay. Maybe it's the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> Iria goes to look at the papers on the floor since she has that scroll holder. So if anything is important, she can roll it up and pop it in there. So you pick it up and there are four of them and they are RSVPs to what is called in like beautiful scrawling calligraphy, the Everlasting Masquerade. And everyone seems to be signed in blood. Oh, Oh, guys, this looks really fun. We should... (laughs) 
we should look into this after we're done. Maybe it'll be like a celebration of sorts. How many invites are there? How many? Four. Who are they addressed to? Not us. <laughs> <laughs> they are addressed to Lord Oberon from other people. So it, it looks as if he sent out an invitation to something called the Everlasting Masquerade and received four RSVPs. Oh. So these aren't like invites. No, these are like, you know, when someone's like, come to my wedding and then you write like, yes, I will, plus three. Well, not plus three, probably, but <laughs> plus one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming with 15 people. <laughs> Written in blood. So these are form these are form RSVPs that have been returned. Yes. Okay. By the way, I want to note that Wingo was kind of looking at it intently like, yeah, yeah, okay. And asked the question because she can't read that well. Oh, nice. Okay. Hmm. Wingo is such a like cool, flushed out character. Sorry, go ahead, Iria. Iria was just going to read the, the names and see if there was any that were recognizable. There is one that seems to be signed a name that looks like Lazarus. There is one signed Earlies. There is one signed Lethia. And there is one signed Riskel. Okay, so I'll just no-name people. Yep. <sighs> Do you relay those names to the group, Iria? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Gideon, there is... Uh, Gideon, there's something at your feet that actually looks interesting. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> there is there is something really familiar. So there's like there was jewelry in a bowl on the table. Looking around this room, you kind of get the impression that like this is probably just where objects on people that are food go. Like this is where their stuff goes. Just in sort of like an orderly pile. So there was a bowl full of jewelry and personal effects. And it spilled across the floor when Nyx kicked over the table. And there is actually a silver cuff at your foot. And if you look at it, you can see that it has that familiar pattern of two snakes curled around one another inlaid into it. Hmm. <sighs> Am I the only one close enough to see this? Mm-hmm. Okay, so since it kind of catches her eye as she's scribbling away, she bends over and picks it up and then looks around and says, Don Rear. <sighs> catch. And then tosses it to him. I catch it. And I am maneuvering it between my thumb and forefinger. And I look back at you and I say, This is very interesting indeed. It seems that we may have found one of those that came before us on the same task. And you say that there's RSVPs here? And clothes. Is there any mention of when this masquerade is supposed to happen? Ariel looks down at the one of the RSVPs and is kind of scanning it for a date. There, there is no date on it. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. I'm not seeing a date here. I guess. Well, I mean, it is a never-ending masquerade, so maybe it's just all the time. <laughs> <laughs> then, okay. <laughs> well, then maybe if we play our cards right, this is one that we'll be able to masquerade into. Oh, I have just the thing for this. <laughs> oh, I hope Danny packed it. <laughs> Nyx has been bent over this chest getting ready, and he is actually redressing. He is putting back on his outer armor, and he is 
putting bolts, heart stake bolts, which look kind of like little stakes on his belt. And he is attaching a crossbow to his other hip. And he is attaching a neck guard around his throat. And it looks like it's made of hardened leather that's reinforced with a band of metal. It looks like it's designed to protect against vampire bites. And he pulls out another one and walks over to Iria and gently brushes her fur aside and starts tying one around her neck to protect her. And stands up, puts his hand on his crossbow and says, now. Let's hunt a vampire. Mm-hmm.